Balance Podcast. I'm your host, Whitney Eckes, a serial entrepreneur and social media guru that has an infatuation with all things business related. On the show, we bring together brands, creators, and thought leaders to discuss the power of influence. Each episode is jam-packed with learnings, firsthand stories, and conversations from guests that truly have their finger on the pulse. Stay tuned as we dive into the stories and explore the impact they're making by getting under the influence. is a soul fire production oh my gosh my face do you guys do you guys ever turn up the like retouching on your zoom and then like you go onto like, another video platform or like you like, turn on your camera on your iphone that's facing toward you and you're like holy shit i should definitely be wearing more makeup <laughs> I feel like Zoom's giving me the luxury to like retouch my face. And so I show up to Zoom meetings with like no makeup on and it like, it's fine. It's like, I just look like, you know, I don't have a lot of makeup on. It's balanced. It's like retouched. Just went on Zencaster though. And whoo, man, just looking prime. Anywho, welcome back to another episode of Under the Influence. I am your host, Whitney Eckes. And today I have on a guest that it's unlike any other guest I've ever had on. And I'm so excited because not only did I have an amazing conversation with her, but I'm also bringing her on for a part two. We didn't even scratch the surface of what she does and how she has just helped people. And I'm, I'm just so excited to have Alexa Bowditch on. She is the host of That Sex Chick. She is also the founder of Sex and Love Co. And you guys, she is a sex and relationship by design coach. She also is a sex coach business mentor. And one of the things I loved about this is not only has Alexa really built this following and this community, but she's talking about things that are so like, these are not topics that like we generally discuss, you know, we're not openly talking about sex unless you're talking about with like your best girlfriends, you're talking about your sex life, right. Or like with your partner. And so one of the things that I love about this episode is that she dives into how she brings on clients and what they're generally needing help with. And surprise, a lot of these things aren't just quote unquote, how to have better sex or how to have a better relationship. It actually goes way deeper. And I even share a little bit of my own journey in self-discovery and things of that nature. And she reflects so much back to me. It is such a good episode. I literally didn't even get to ask her half the questions I have for her. And I also started accumulating more questions the more that she spoke. And so I was like, you know what? You got to come back on. I got to do a part two with you. And I'm just so excited to have her on the show. Obviously, like I said, this is unlike any of the other episodes, but Alexa, what she has created is just so powerful and so cool and is really bringing to light a lot of the support around discussing sex. And what it, you know, how big of a role it plays into our life. So I'm so excited. So let's get right into it. Alexa, welcome to the show. This is going to be such a juicy episode. I've never done any episodes talking about sex or any personal experiences with it. So this is going to be really new and fun and interesting for my audience. Welcome yeah. to the show. Thank you. I'm excited for the journey that they're going to get taken on with this episode. Yeah, I know. Well, and you have your own podcast, which I love, but I want to kind of dive into who you are and how you got started because you have this incredible journey. You've launched this incredible brand and you really have kind of taken your place and really opening up the discussion around sex and taboo topics that maybe we're all too afraid to talk about, or we're not necessarily feeling open enough to discuss with one another. So how did this get started in the first place? What led you to this point? Sure. And, uh, I mean, I think now the topics are, it's a little bit trendier to talk Mm -hmm. about your sex life now than it was about six years ago when I first got started. So Mm -hmm. when I first got started, I started sharing on social media that this was my subject matter of choice. And it was 
just like, what is happening? You know, my friends and family from deep South Louisiana were like, what? She has totally lost her mind. Don't understand (laughs) what's going on. You know, lots of family and friends unfollowing me and unfriending me. And it's just like, they just didn't know what to do with it. And I understand that of course, now as their own projections of discomfort with the subject matter Mm -hmm. and, uh, and really almost an initial unwillingness to look at it at all. And so, you know, my story is pretty colorful. I, uh, I'm well, the colorful part is not that I'm from deep South Louisiana, That's kind (laughs) of like neutral colored part, (laughs) Sure, but I grew up mostly Catholic. I said Catholic ish because there were parts of my life growing up that seemed pretty straightforward and dedicated to the Catholic path. And then other times it was like, oh, well, that's not convenient. So we're just going to forget we're Catholic for a little while. And then wait, just kidding. We're going to go back to church. (laughs) So it was kind of like this back and forth, but, um, I was able and I went to Catholic school. So I got served a a pretty heavy dose of the, this is how you're supposed to live your life. Mm -hmm. Our faith and religion is, uh, superior to all others. And this is how, uh, you, evoke a lot of shame in your life. And this is, and if you do these things and this is how you wind up guilty, this is how you wind up feeling guilty. Girl, I grew up going to Christian school. You are preaching to the choir. It was a Southern Baptist Christian Mm -hmm. school. So I I feel that, but continue on. I, I and there's so many, there's so many of us. And now that I'm an adult, I look at my mom and I go, you didn't even care. That you didn't even care about this whole Catholic song and dance. Like now, you know, she's 66 years old and she she can't uh-huh. even tell you the last time she went to church. That was legitimately, we have these conversations where she said, I wanted to provide structure for you. Yeah. She was sure. a single military mom that really wanted to do better as a mom. Mm-hmm. And she thought that putting some kind of religion or some kind of faith to it then, you know, our church was really big in our little town just outside of New Orleans. And, uh, and she thought that that was going to give me something that she didn't have and something that she hadn't provided for my sister who was much older than, than I am. So I understand why. And then I tell her how some of the things that I learned, how that's translated into stuff I have to, I, I get to deal with mm-hmm. throughout adulthood. Um, you know, we, I have this joke with the family that I'll say, oh, that was a, that's a thing you talk to your therapist, therapist about. You know, like something will happen. I go, oh yeah, you go, you go to your therapist about that thing. Right. You know, like I'll mention stuff that has happened, you know, in the past. And anyway, we kind of joke about it now, but Mm -hmm. I mean, of course there were, there were some sincere repercussions to Mm -hmm. getting those messages. And so, like you said, that that's like the, the neutral colored part of my story. Um, I left my small town in South Louisiana. I am one of the only ones that has left. The rest of my family has been there over 300 years since before New Orleans wow. was named New Orleans. So you have, have some like history down there. Deep roots. Very, very Southern deep roots. Oh, um, I feel like I could go on and maybe this is a separate <laughs> podcast about your, just your history. Cause there's a lot of, I, I love like to study superstition and kind of the, I don't want to call it, I don't know if witchcraft is the right word or the craft of it, but I know Louisiana has like such deep roots. You're talking about voodoo. Thank you. Voodoo. That was the word I was looking for. So interesting. Yeah. I mean, we, yeah, it's a melting pot down there Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I was just there. I was telling you before you hit record, I was just there for my Mm -hmm. uh, stepdad's 70th birthday party. And it was Mardi Gras themed. So, you know, in our house, we have a one whole room that is dedicated to Mardi Gras where he's been cataloging doubloons, which are these little coins that you throw off of Mardi Gras floats and parades and they're minted and they're, you know, only one of so many. And so he's got literally binders of catalogued doubloons in this room and there's throws that are collectibles and like they are deep in it. (laughs) (laughs) That's so cool. Some of them have more of the faith religion kind of influence. And then, but a lot of them have the deep South Mm. um, influence. And so easygoing, easy living, and just in a lot of ways, it mirrors the, the way that they live their life mirrors some of the Catholic or Christian faith based based ways of living and being because Louisiana is divided into parishes, which are different to, you know, it's similar to counties um, in a lot of ways, which are other states, but the parishes and the name of it is based off of the archdiocese of the Catholic church. So it's just, there's just a lot, there's a lot going on there. Um, And because I'm 
the roots are so deep. I feel like I know a decent amount of it. And, and New Orleans is such a sexy, seductive, smoky, mm. sensual, earthy, um, I always want to say vampiric, like she's just <laughs> got such character. And I definitely resonate from a personality perspective with New Orleans, but I also knew I couldn't live there. Mm. So left and the rest of my family is, is still there, but I left. Um, and to give you the cliff notes of just my general story, it, um, I went to university of Southern Mississippi, you know, okay. so I just wanted to keep doing the Southern thing here, <laughs> uh, and got a degree in forensics and biology. So, um, biology wow. and forensics. Cause I thought that that's what I was going to do. I thought I was going to spend sure. a lot of time in labs. I thought that I was going to spend a lot of time in microbiology labs and, mm. uh, and I'm way too much of a personality for the study that I chose. <laughs> you know, I like people too much. I'm not necessarily built for what I was learning. And so I had a big question mark over what am I going to do with my life? I thought for a while I was going to take the degree and do something medically related with it. Mm -hmm. My sister is a nurse practitioner. So I had that modeled for me when I was growing up, but, uh, I decided to just completely and totally change trajectory. And I started studying art and joined life on cruise ships. So luxury cruise lines, you know, carnival, mm -hmm. Norwegian, Holland, America, princess, celebrity, Royal Caribbean, like that. Those are all, um, the big, cruise lines that you'll see floating around. So I, for almost six years, lived on cruise ships, traveling around the world. Um, so I've been to 79 countries oh my um, and gosh. I did that all before I turned 30. So wait, hold on. So as you're living on these cruise ships, did you have a job on the cruise ships or are you just like completely, okay. So you, so yeah. you were kind of working on them and then living yeah. on them simultaneously. When I say studying art, it wasn't to create art. It was art history and it oh. was art sales and it was uh, art mediums. So how wow. art's created, how it's distributed, what makes it valuable. Um, I started studying contemporary artists old masters that, that was what I did, which was a total stark contrast from what I actually studied in college. Wow. So I worked for a gallery that is represented on a lot of the big cruise lines. And, uh, and so I did that. That is so cool. A long time. Mm -hmm. oh and my it was, goodness. it was through seeing, so there's, there's a handful of things that have really just completely shifted my understanding of reality and myself, mm -hmm. uh, travel, sex, and psychedelics. Mm -hmm. So, oh, know. let's talk about psychedelics because you're you're gonna bend my ear. We'll get to that in a second. Sure. But go ahead, continue. Sure. You know, like that. <laughs> these are the travel just completely blew my understanding of life and how it operates, mm -hmm. the world and how it operates, and myself. Uh, because once I wasn't in South Louisiana anymore, I realized, oh, people all over the place do things differently. Sure. <laughs> yeah. And it and when I am the minority, then I get to choose to judge or mm -hmm. I get to choose to surrender. Mm -hmm. And so I chose eventually over years of time to surrender into my new environments with new people, new cultures, new traditions, new ways of, of being and believing. And, um, and all that also included sex and dating and, mm -hmm. um, interacting with people. So I was in a relationship at the beginning of my time on ships. Uh, and I was for almost four years. And then the remainder two years, I was single and it was in that window of time that I describe it as hitting a rock bottom. You know, one of those rock bottoms that was so powerful. Mm -hmm. I didn't, you know, like people will hit a certain kind of rock bottom and then not too long after that, realize it's their purpose. Like almost what being, came out of it, like cracked open in mm -hmm. a sense, like yeah. what came out of it, everything in life led to those moments, the breakdown and then the breakthrough and then in the breakthrough is destiny, mm -hmm. is fate. And, um, and I really believe that. So, uh, for me anyway, and so mm -hmm. had this like a lot going on in a, you know, in mid to late twenties <laughs> wound up finding personal development to help with the breakdown, personal mm -hmm. development, health, fitness, nutrition, mindset, yoga, meditation. I was doing a lot of like mindset and growth oriented uh, perspective and just this law of attraction. Yeah. I wanted to be a really good manager and I wanted to get my health in check. Yeah. And, uh, eventually I realized that a lot of what I was growing and learning wasn't translating to dating and sex. It wasn't directly translating. Mm. 
So it was almost as though I was feeling really good about myself and my day-to-day operations. And as Mm -hmm. soon as the guy or the girl that came in to the office or walked through the gallery or came into the room that I was in that I found attractive, I almost didn't know what to do. Uh, It was like, I was almost afraid because Mm -hmm. I'd been burned by relationships. And that was, that was the, the lead domino to the breakdown. Mm-hmm. was ending relationships. And so I almost got fearful Aww. and, and was like, I'm not going to do this then. But then everything in me wanted to still explore sexually, explore romantically. So I didn't really know what to do. So because of the self-awareness work that I was doing, I realized that this was happening mm-hmm. and then intentionally started studying sex, intentionally mm-hmm. started studying varying relationship dynamics. So I was exposed to consensual non-monogamy. I was exposed. I mean, it wasn't like it was you know, slapped me in the face. I was interacting with people. I was attracting these experiences. Yeah. Um, I was exposed to and introduced to, maybe that's a better way to, to, <laughs> to, to say it. I was it was like somebody just flashed me with consensual non-monogamy, like ah, polyamory. Um, <laughs> so I uh, was introduced to BDSM and wow. DS dynamics, things like that. Uh, mm-hmm. And then I just, started my own journey, um, Mm. would read any and every book I could get my hands on about the subject matter. Podcasts weren't super big at that time, but they were on the rise. And so, uh, it started with really just trying to gain as much information as I could Mm -hmm. as a seeker. Uh, and then it translated into, I was helping the people around me with Mm. what I was learning. And that was, it was never, I never didn't even know that you could be a coach. I didn't yeah. even know that you could get paid to help people. I was like a therapist. Like, mm-hmm. what is, what is this? Uh, it was, it was after my last contract on ships, I started actually publicly speaking about what was going on in my life. Wow. It shook my family mm-hmm. because, uh, both sides, myself and, and the side of the family realized a couple things that they didn't really knew, know who I was becoming. And that mm-hmm. I was hiding a lot of things. I was hiding my pain. I was hiding the hardships in, my, in the relationships. On the outside, it looked like I was living this grandiose travel the world fairy tale. And behind mm-hmm. the scenes, it was crumbling, just consistently wow. crumbling. So I started writing through writing. Uh, and I'm sure you know this from like marketing. And I didn't know what I was doing, mm-hmm. but I was sharing my heart and sharing my lessons. And it, uh, it turned into community. Mm-hmm. It turned wow. into people all over the internet wanting Mm -hmm. to have these conversations and not, there was something about me going first, sharing something very vulnerably that gave them permission to share where they were at and their journeys. And fast forward this community of people, you know, followers, friends, whatever. I lost lots of friends and family from back at home, but I gained a bunch of strangers on the internet. Um, and I mean, by now I've gained all my family. I'm, I'm everybody's sure. party trick now. <laughs> we're, we're, good. we're all good. Um, you know, that was just the initial time. Mm-hmm. So this turned into a Facebook group that's still um, going pretty strong. It's uh, been featured in the New York times. It's been featured in a couple other places. Wow. Um, New York post. It's just one of these great safe places that's heavily monitored to a degree to ensure quality of conversation. And so, you know, things like that started, I started blogging, I started Mm -hmm. podcasting, I started doing these things that, um, that were just to continue helping and sharing a story and then sharing other people's stories. And then eventually I got asked, can I pay you to help me? And that was a whole journey of figuring out if I wanted to actually be a coach or not. Did I just want to be a personality? Did I just want to be a podcast host? Did mm-hmm. I just want to be a blogger? Just I had a really hard time with what gives me the right to help people mm-hmm. with this area of their lives. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't go to college for this. You know, I took anatomy and physiology and some psych classes, but this wasn't the thing that I went there for. Mm-hmm. And what about my, like, what makes me special in order to say that I'm, I'm going to do this thing and I'm in my twenties. I haven't lived that much life. How are these people you know, these people who have families and second marriages and they've dealt with grief and death and loss and so much that I've not, I haven't gone through. 
but they're coming to me and asking for my assistance, for my advice. So it was challenging for a couple of years. And I would say I had an expensive hobby that I was living off of savings for probably a full two years before I actually started making profit uh, in our business. Mm -hmm. And um, it took me probably a year and a half or so before I got really comfortable with calling myself a sex and love coach. Yeah. So, you know, now so much has happened, you know, there's been another six years. So (laughs) I have so many questions. Okay. So first, I mean, what an incredible and beautiful story. And thank you for, for opening up and sharing about that. Um, second, when you, I, I just want to dive in. So when you go to coach people, what does it typically look like? Is it, I need help with one area in my sex life? Is that I need help with one area in my relationship and love life? Like, or is it like, tell me what this looks like, because I, I I too haven't heard of it. So I really want to hear the in-depth approach to it. Yeah. So most people come to us and, and I say us because it's not just me anymore. We have Mm -hmm. a whole team of people and professionals, uh, that work with us to ensure that we give really amazing services to our clients. So people often will come and they'll express some curiosity or some challenge that has Mm -hmm. to do with sex. But in order for us to even get to the thing that they're presenting, there's typically years of work for the, Mm -hmm. for that person or those people to do. Okay. has really nothing to do with what they're presenting. So in order for us to even get to bettering the thing that they are presenting, we must go into child work. We must, for us, I don't work with people on their trauma, but I work with it. And the difference is I, people don't come to me and say, I've had this traumatic thing. I want to work with you in order to heal from it or navigate it or something like that. Mm-hmm. What I have is people say, I want to achieve a certain thing in life. And this trauma has happened in my past. And I'd like to work on having a great life into the future. And so I work mm-hmm. with it. I'm informed. I understand how to work with it, but we're not specifically touching sure. it. We're not going to go back into the thing and process out. And um, that's not my personal area of focus and expertise, though I do have people on my team that that is something that they work with people on or. Um, wow. So I think that you get it. So for, for me, I can give you, actually, I can give you an example. So I'm getting yeah. ready to officiate a client's wedding. Uh-huh. which I mentioned. So cool. And I'm really <laughs> I still think so, that's so cool. Uh, yeah. So over five years ago, I started working with someone and there was a time in my career that I really enjoyed working with women specifically who mm. were just po- post divorce mm. um, or just post a long relationship ending. They didn't have small children they either didn't have children or they had children who were like preteens to teens Mm -hmm. where they were just starting to get space Mm -hmm. where the kids wanted independence. And so then it, 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 um, was having an effect on, on the single mom where it's like, I have space now. And this relationship ended with my kids. If they had kids, father, ex-husband or previous partner. Um, so I really enjoyed working with them because they had this almost, it was a mix between fear, nervousness, excitement, and the, the possibilities. I have wow. a new, new opportunity for something different. Mm-hmm. What do I do? I, you know, because for a lot of people, when they get to that place, especially if they have children, if they wind up splitting more often than not, sex or lack of sexual intimacy or lack of intimacy as a, as a whole between the partners, they wind up just becoming roommates. They're good partners. They're good at logistics. Typically, if I were to ask like, what was your sex life like? More often than not, I'm going to hear it wasn't great. hundred mm. percent of the time, for sure. It's not because sometimes people have great sex lives with their partners but everything else is a tumultuous clusterfuck. And so that's (laughs) the reason why it ends. But more often than not, routine, monotony, um, you know, 
there's there's la- there's lack of adventure and novelty and all that. And so then they they lose the desire to reignite and re-engage with their person. And to them, it's it just makes more sense. Like the damage is done. They don't want to go back. They'd rather start over. Sure. But a lot of times when someone is interviewing a coach, they understand that if they just get into another relationship, they're probably going to create the same thing with different clothes. Mm, I see. You know? Yeah. So possibly. Mm-hmm. And so they would come to me and they go, I want adventure. I want novelty. I want safety. I want security. I want all of these things. How do I go to, how do I go navigate trying to have it all? Yeah. And to me, I loved guiding because they got to have their accountability person, you know, in me, but they also had someone hold them. They could go fumble and they could go mess up, but every week they knew they had someone to process it with. Yeah. And they didn't have to bring this to their friends necessarily. Sure. You know, they, they had an unbiased, my, you know, I'm their cheerleader. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to only validate what their experience was or anything like that. I'm going to, I'm going to question, I'm going to shift perspective. I'm, I'm going to really get to the bottom of what they actually want versus what they're saying that they want. Oh my God. Um, I love this. This, yeah, yeah. I feel yeah. like, I mean, I've done a little bit of coaching, but more for, my own like self journey and my mindset shifts and a lot of what I walk through as a kid in my childhood and how it impacts me in business and as a leader. And you're what you're saying about what, what we think we want, but versus what, what actually what we want and how this thing that happened, I don't know, 15, 20 years, whatever ago, how it's impacting this is so spot on. And I, I love that you're coming from this from a relationship or, you know, just knowing yourself sexually standpoint, because that's, that's huge. Yeah. Yeah. And most people, they don't know what they want. Yeah. They just know that they want something better, different, et cetera. Mm. So like this particular client, when we started working together, she was out of a 17 year marriage. She had two kids, one preteen, one teen, mm-hmm. and just knew that she wanted something different. Went to go start dating on her own and immediately realized she was doing a bunch of old habits and wow. didn't want it. Yeah. And so came to me uh, and I guided her journey for her, with her, not for her, but with her based off of what she was presenting. And I said, okay, well, you know, there, there's options, right? If you want to go for your next great love, or do you mm. want to go for your next great fuck? Which one do we want? <laughs> and she, you know? did she say bold? Cause Does I feel like I would have said bold. Same, well, no, because she she wanted the next great fuck come to find out, okay. but so many women don't have permission. They don't give themselves permission to say that that's what they actually want. They're not ready right. for the next relationship. They actually want to learn about themselves mm-hmm. ready for their next forever in mm-hmm. air quotes They're They want to figure themselves out more. And mm-hmm. so, you know, how do you, how do you justify, how do you balance that? How do you give yourself permission for that? And so we wound up navigating like her going to date And what if you were to take the pressure off of, is this person in my next forever? And what if it's, is this person going to give me the ride of my life tonight? Wow. Week. Uh What if, like, what does it look like? What does it sound like? And it's, it's awesome. Like to watch people unfold, to, to bring their walls down for them to build confidence, for them to be discerning and boundaried while open to the unknown. Mm -hmm. It's brilliant. Yeah. And so she eventually... Um, wound up going out. And so it was really funny because at this time I was really involved with my clients. And so mm-hmm. she like, takes screenshots of, you know, of profiles and navigating <laughs> it. And like, what do you think about this? And what about this language? And I'd be like, this is a red flag. And this is a red flag. How do you feel? You know, it was just yeah. back and forth. So there's, um, you know, there's things called swinger lifestyle, like sls.com. There's bdsmdate.com. There's adult friend find. There's all kinds of, you're just looking for, you know, fucking for sex, for having sex sake, or if you're mm-hmm. for a particular flavor of sex, like there's lots of different things that you can snoop on. So I <laughs> snoop with integrity and snoop safely. Like yeah. fuel into these things. Cause how do you know how to keep yourself safe if you've never sure. been in these conversations before. Well, the fourth person, and then we just remember this off the top of my head, the fourth person she, um, she met and really engaged with, I don't know if it was the first person she actually went on a date with. Um, it was probably the second or third person she actually went on a date with. She's about to marry. Wow. And she met on one of these sites and they started a relationship that was 
very adventurous and very yeah. exploratory and was just a hot, heavy and a lot of fun. And then I was her coach in the next season where they decided to actually be a couple, which meant that the relationship that they initially started in a lot of ways had to die in order for the foundation to be laid for what they were choosing to step into next. Mm. And there was the possibility of new birth. And so now I'm moving, now I'm still with them and still private clients of mine. And we're over five years later. And um, about four months ago, they asked me if I had officiate their wedding in Aspen. So oh my gosh. they're looking at how do we create, and both have been married before, uh-huh. how do we create a marriage knowing what we know now about how these things can end without thinking that I'm just partnered with the right person. It's all going to work out. Mm-hmm. Not really how it goes. It's how about I learn from, it's not mistakes, just learn from my past. Mm-hmm. And how do I use that to create the foundation of what's next? Yeah. And also still be kinky and still, <laughs> want, and still be open and still get the rides of their lives in their fifties and sixties. Okay. I, I, I have so many questions. Like my yeah. brain is yeah. just popping so I'll be, off that's, right now. That's it for my storytelling. <laughs> I will just answer your questions now. So I'm sorry, you... Alexa. I keep interrupting because yeah. I'm like, wait, I, wait, I have so much. No, that's it. Well, because I realized like I can get long-winded with my storytelling. So I'll let oh. that be my last story tell unless, you know, you have a, a question for it. But that was basically in response to what do people come to you for? Uh-huh. Well, they came to me for all those things. And there's always a place for someone like me in someone's mm-hmm. life because cycles and seasons, mm-hmm. you're not who you were last season mm-hmm. and you're being a feminine body. Every day, your hormones are changing. Mm-hmm. No matter where you're at in your life, every day, there's something different that's going on in the landscape of your physical body. Oh, cycles and seasons. And a man is going through a male body is going through it. That experience every 24 hours and Mm -hmm. then seasons of life. So we're always changing. This is, this is like, I feel like I need to bring you back on. (laughs) Like I'm like, I have, I could literally go off on like 40 questions right now. Super is an instant wellness beverage brand created by moi. So good, you won't believe it's instant. It's for those seeking convenient energy sans the jitters. That's right. We put good old-fashioned broad-spectrum hemp CBD into our organic Arabica instant coffee. It's probably Arabica, but I call it Arabica because it sounds more fun. Get Super and our hemp extract contains all the naturally occurring cannabinoids and turpentines. We include about 20 milligrams of hemp per each stick pack to give you all the fun, calm energy, plus that true entourage effect. All the benefits without getting quote unquote high, as all of our products are non-psychoactive. Get Super has been featured in Forbes US Today and was named top startup to watch in 2021 by Yahoo Finance. Also, you guys, Get Super has helped me with my anxiety. It helps me sleep better at night. I've mentioned to you guys my whole mental health journey. And honestly, this company was a just passion and project of love because of what I've gone through and what I've walked through with my own depression and anxiety. I hope that it will help you the same exact way it has helped me. So go ahead and get your 15% off by using the code under the influence 15 at checkout. That's right. Under the influence 15 at checkout. Okay. So first off, I, I want to acknowledge what you're talking about here because I don't feel like we talk about it enough in that relationships go through these seasons, like you just said, and there are cycles. And I feel that again, I'm, I'm relating this back to what I know, right. Which is like my personal journey and like understanding myself and like really going through ever all the work that I've done to understand like who Whitney is. Right. And that has been something that I think is really interesting. I've been with someone for, um, about three years now. 
and oh my gosh, we're about four. I can't remember mm-hmm. <laughs> three or four. I don't know. Um, the, the, if the pandemic was like inside of that somewhere, it's kind <laughs> yes. of like a weird time zone where we're not sure if that was one year, three years, or like a whole chapter, like a like yeah. 10. <laughs> no, exactly. But I do, he's, but he's known me since college and I've known him since college. And we, it's actually funny that you bring this up because we were just talking about how we have changed so much as people throughout all these years that we've known each other. And it was actually something that we were talking about in our relationship as that things are going to continue to change and we're going to continue to change as people. And how do we show up for each other in that way? And I, I think that that's a huge observation because it, that is scary and that causes a lot of anxiety. And I know for me, my relationship style is very, um, I protect myself first. And so I'm very quick to cut off and to jump ship and to move on. Um, and his relationship style is very committed, very loyal, very willing to stay through the hardest of hard things. And so I want to, I want to open up on that because I think also too, even what you're talking about with hormones and even, you know, mental health, like, I feel like my mental health has been really on its own journey and he's been really able to show up for me, but can you expand a little bit about maybe, maybe what's one piece of advice or what is something that you see with couples when they're in these longer term relationships, how do they keep evolving with each other or how do they keep moving forward in a way that's best supporting each other or themselves? So people I've noticed just overworking with so many couples and singles and individuals and all types of people mm-hmm. and also getting coached and mentored myself. So the whole time, pretty much the entire time I've been in this space professionally, I've also had one, if not many coaches or mentors that I'm learning from at any particular time. And so my husband and I have, you know, this is the work that we do in the world. And we have a mentor that we just like kiss the ground she works on, walks on. And of course she's human and flawed and, but is also just every time she opens her mouth, we're like, (laughs) everything's changed. Yes. Yes. (laughs) And her name is Annie Lala for anyone who's curious. Um, and we absolutely adore her. And so and we just were at Burning Man with her, which was a lot of fun. Her, so cool. her husband, Evan, and their daughter, who's named Love, was at her eighth burn and she's nine. So that was really sweet. But anyway, first off, I just want to say for people who really want to make sure that they continue growing in love, mm-hmm. um, you don't have to do it alone. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean that you have to hire someone and spend a bunch of money. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean that you're always in a place of wanting to grow and grow and grow together, because I think it's important for you to recognize that you want to be the best version of yourself and you want your relationship to be a collaborative, incredible um, entity in and of itself that that has a, a high self-esteem, your relationship to have a self-esteem, meaning that both parties believe in it. Mm-hmm. Um, so you don't have to always be in this place of like, I want to grow and I want to be better and I want to do better and you need to grow and you need to do better and kind of like sure. passing that off to the other person too. Yeah. But there are times, again, cycles and seasons, because it's not always spring and it's not always summer, Mm. right? You have to make some space for fall when things die off and space for winter when it's deep introspective. What are we doing here? And know that those things are normal. And dare I say, you can't avoid them. Yeah. But if you just know that it's not avoidable, Mm -hmm. I think that there's some peace that can occur for both parties where it's, oh, this is just the season that we're in. So let's be with it instead of fighting against it, which sounds very similar to how I feel about my luteal phase right before my period, almost every month. Mm -hmm. I tell myself I'm going to embrace it and I'm going to love it. And I'm just going to like turn into this like hermit in my home and I'm going to like treat myself really well. And instead I book a bunch of shit and and a bunch of podcasts and a bunch of things and I'm not in the space for it. And I'm like, why do you do this to yourself? You know, it's not like this is going to change next month. Mm -hmm. This is how this goes. You know? So I'm like fighting against nature. Mm -hmm. So if couples can stop essentially fighting against nature, Mm -hmm. then they can just roll with it. Doesn't mean it's any easier. Doesn't mean it feels necessarily like, well, I'm really excited that it's winter now, you know, as far as a season in your relationship goes, but you can at least 
join forces as a couple and go, let's navigate this. Like it's a crunchy thing that we're going through. Mm-hmm. And I love you. Yeah. And I'm still all in. Yeah. I think it's that. I think it's because even you just saying that there are different seasons in your relationship sounds supportive, right? Because it's yeah. immediately taking the unknown out of what the future looks like. And it's more of like preparing yourself of like shit's going to happen regardless, right? Yeah. Like we're going to be either here or there, or something's going to come up or, you know, there's going to be things that we're going to walk through. That's going to be difficult. But exactly like what you're saying, where it's that confirmation of coming together, that feels supportive. That feels strong. At least to me, it does. Yeah, absolutely. So there's definitely some knowing that we're going to get through the other side. Cause I think some people get a little bit lost or they kind of flip-flop the couple's flip-flop. One feels this way, then the other feels this way. And then they kind of flip-flop Yeah, that, that the people think that this is the way that it's going to be forever. Mm-hmm. And you know, in your heart, deep down, if this is now your forever, if you're just doomed and every day is a ticking time bomb and your relationship's mm-hmm. supposed to end anyway. So there's a difference wow. between we're going through cycles and seasons and there's a, there, there's a difference between that and we're not meant for each other. Mm-hmm. So like when, when we say like, we're in the same pattern, it's like, we're in the same loop, like argue, make up, almost going to break up, decide we make up again, have sex. Like there's just like really repetitive roller coaster that doesn't feel safe. Yeah. That's not what I'm talking about. Mm. I'm talking about the general trials and tribulations of life. Yeah. I'm talking about an oh shit lands, you know, like all of a sudden you have to vacate your house or something. And it's like, wow, this is a really challenging season or whoops, we didn't mean to get pregnant right now. Or, you know, like there's things, life things, oh my goodness, an unexpected loss of a really close family member. Mm -hmm. These are things that are going to happen as part of human experience. Mm -hmm. And so you don't always have to have, you know, let's say a coach or a therapist. You can always, you can have people that fill that role at times. And then I always encourage people to take breaks, like put some space between the growth where you just go be, where you integrate where you allow the fact that you're a go-getter, yes, pat yourself on the back. And if you're constantly trying to put a breakthrough stacked with another breakthrough, with another breakthrough, and your mind is expanding, but your body and your DNA and your somatics Mm -hmm. is not able to, or your soma rather is not able to, your body is not able to grow and expand with it. There's um, an incongruency that's going on and people will oftentimes call that like spiritual bypassing or where they'll just jump to the next great thing. And instead of doing the work in order to get all of the components to their mind, body, and spirit to, to get in alignment with the new breakthrough that's occurred in the mind, you know what I mean? So it can be kind of a heady concept to, to understand, but um, there's options for couples and they don't have to do it alone. So it could be they do it with each other, which I don't necessarily recommend that they are only this for each other. Okay. Um, I think coaching and therapy is mm-hmm. great if I could give it to everyone. Which <laughs> yeah. Coaching and therapy are different things. Therapists help you understand your past and how you got to where you are today. And coaches will help you with how you take what you know about yourself today and make a great life with it. Yeah. Moving into the future. Mm-hmm. The alternative to these things is you have great friends. Mm. Now I mean, really great friends. I'm not just talking about some people that you are friends with on the internet that you see every other month that, you know, you DM every so often. And I'm not talking about the person that you like to go and get drinks with every so often that you call a friend, but is really more of an acquaintance. I'm not talking about the grandfathered in, so to speak. It's not a very nice term. <laughs> no, but, but I, I, you yeah, know, we get, I, we get like that. they're still there. Yeah. Um, they're friends from like high school that mm-hmm. be, they rely on you, but it's not mm-hmm. a two-way street. It's almost like you're constantly giving to them and holding for them, but you don't really get much in return. I'm sure. talking about friends that will drop everything to be with you when you need them. Really high quality friends that choose, this is like, I want to triple underline this, that choose your relationship over you as an individual over your partner as an individual. Mm. And that can be a little bit edgy, I think for some people, but I choose friends that when I go to them with something, Mm -hmm. they choose what is best 
for my marriage. Mm, Wow. Because what is best for me and best for my husband is what's best for our marriage. And that's outside of what in the moment validation I could get or in the moment commiseration I could get. They understand and I've chosen them. I've interviewed them and hired them for the roles of best friends so that they keep me in check. Because if they decide to say any ill words about Jordan, if they decide to side with me, I lose in Mm. my life. Wow. And so these are some of the components that people can, and that's really challenging. Like I've spoken about this on podcasts previously. And I remember um, there was one not that long ago that I had some clips and reels going out that were of me speaking about having high quality friends changes your whole fucking life. (laughs) And they were like in the comments going, I just realized in this moment, I have no one. Like they didn't realize they didn't have anyone until I positioned it like this. And these types of friends are a commitment, like your relationship partner is. So you have to make sure you have time, space, and capacity for it. Um, Mm -hmm. But these are the ways that people who are going through you know, those cycles and seasons, like we were talking about can actually feel supported, you know? So people come to me with sex as the presenting thing. And then we talk about their friends Mm. and we talk about their parents and we talk about their families and we talk about their faith influences. If there's so much more to it. Yeah. And we talk, we talk about so much more. And then I go, now what questions do you have about sex? Because a lot of times all this stuff is showing up in their bed. Yeah. And they don't have any space to even have sex around it. Wow. So, and a lot of times it just takes shining a light on some of those things and people to feel proactive and mm-hmm. confident that they can move through it. Mm-hmm. That then it feels like they've, they've like offloaded some heavy stuff. Wow. Yeah. And a lot of times it makes space to actually want to engage with their person again. Oh my God. Okay. Look, we have 10 more minutes. I got to have you back on the show. <laughs> <laughs> Alexa, I would love and be honored if you want to come back on, if you have, if your schedule allows, but <laughs> I, um, this has been absolutely incredible. I do have, you know, one more question I kind of want to end on. And then I want to do a part two with you if you're open <laughs> up for it. Well, first, how are you feeling? Cause I'm sharing all kinds of oh stuff. Oh my on this God. Side, I and love I'm just this. watching you on the other side. I know. And I just I'm like a sponge. I like, <laughs> want to see how your heart is doing. <laughs> no, no, no. I love it. I, yeah. um, like I said, I think you know, when you go through, cause I had, I had a moment in 2020 where I felt completely cracked open. Yeah. Um, and I actually kind of relaunched the podcast talking and sharing about what kind of this moment meant for me. And basically there had been, um, I was diagnosed with severe anxiety and depression. Uh, there was a lot of mental health that actually was running rampant through my family that after my diagnosis, got brought up and talked about, um, which like trigger warning, like things like suicide, things like bipolar, things like addiction, like these really, really heavy things that were happening in my family that no one was discussing. And then I had kind of started putting the pieces together, like, holy shit, I've been walking with this for a really, really long time. And I've been utilizing ambition and overworking and pushing myself to achieve as much as I could because of what I was hiding. And it's really interesting because I work with a coach and I actually just had her on the podcast and we've been doing a ton of, um, inner child work. And a lot of the inner child work is actually coming up through my relationship right now Mm -hmm. and how I am in a relationship. Yeah. And it's so interesting to hear you talk about it because I'm like relating all these things that are like going on, you know, with my coach and with me and Spencer and like me and him also coming together and working. But I'm also relating to the fact of like, it was kind of a reality check when you talk about the seasons, Mm -hmm. because I'm also that person that's like, I'm growing. I need you to grow. I need you to show up. And that's, he's so fluid and very much so like does things in his own time. And so that was, that was really interesting for me to take on. So you're like, perfectly matched is what I hear you say. <laughs> and that you are each other's <laughs> sacred mirrors where he's, he's showing you all the time where you are not surrendering and going with the flow and taking yeah. pause and integrating. And you are there going, Hey, there's all yes. this opportunity 
for you to grow and for mm -hmm. you to be better? Why wouldn't you want to be better? What's the mm -hmm. point of living life if you're not the best that you can possibly be? And then there's all this open space. Why don't you take it? You know, so thousand percent perfect mirror. And my husband and I are perfect mirrors for each other oh. too. See, and yeah. that's, I mean, and that's also too, like, you don't think about, you're right. Like we've, I've been doing all this work, right. Mm -hmm. And you don't think about your relationship in that sense until you start diving, like you said, into the deeper stuff. And then you start putting together all these patterns or these, you know, for me, it was like defense mechanisms. It was like fight or flight 24 yeah. seven. Yeah. And that's, that's so crazy. Yeah. And you know, I mean, I also, I've had, I go through probably a couple to a few times a year mm -hmm. where, uh, well, actually my ongoing thing so far that I've been navigating for years of my life has been anxiety. And mm -hmm. then a couple to a few times a year, I will be challenged by depression mm -hmm. and I can see them as they're there. And so the self-awareness is really great because I can see it all for what it is, but it doesn't make my physical sensations necessarily any less. So yeah. I'm closing, I'm focusing on closing the gap between when I can go into an experience and out of an experience. And we've realized, you know, through just learning about each other, like Jordan does not have any of these things really show up in his life. It, it takes very specific circumstances for me. It could be just a regular day. And, and so, um, and I know that there's a lot of people that resonate with, with that, like they, they experience that for themselves too. And I've, and I've noticed as we continue to le learn about each other and learn about our relationship, I am, you know, whether you follow human design or astrology, mm -hmm. whatever the, you know, things are, I happen to have an energy mm -hmm. about me and in my human design, I'm on the spike wave. So I get okay. really high with my energy and I can also go really low. So just as soon as I'm elevated, I can come down mm -hmm. friends that when they're elevated, they're elevated for a while and then they're down. It's like a gradual up and a gradual down. Mine is up and down, up and down, up and down, which is oh, wow. yeah. like, you know, to be in partnership with, mm -hmm. which I've had our, you know, our human design mentor that we've leveraged a handful of times <laughs> is, or coach rather she's, um, she says, Oh yeah. The people on this bike wave are the hardest to be in relationship with. I'm like, great. Run away from relationships or mm -hmm. I take that as an opportunity to coach the people who decide to love me and I love them, you know? And so, um, that wasn't even really the, the, the interesting thing that I want to share is just the idea. If we think about anxiety, what happens and in preface this with a bit of the trigger warning, mm -hmm. um, is that typically, and I'm going to speak about anxiety and the experience of anxiety. And I know mm -hmm. sometimes this can actually cause angst in some people. So I just want to preface that, but sure. the experience of anxiety literally causes vasoconstriction. So if you think about when you felt a lot of angst or, mm -hmm. or you've been in an, an anxiety kind of uh, space, everything feels contracted. It feels yeah. like it's caving in. It feels tense. It feels heavy. It feels pulling. It feels like it's going within um, itself, like kind of collapsing within itself. And breath is shallow and low. And imagine what it's doing to your genitals. Oh, wow. When you need blood flow in order to be turned on. Huh. If you're in a space of anxiety, you're experiencing a lot of anxiety, it's quite literally impossible. Yeah. For you to get to a place now, not necessarily get to, cause you can do, there's certain exercises and different things. And this is coming into more of the mm -hmm. like prescriptive way I, I get to coach, which is a whole other thing that we didn't talk about is like actually helping yeah. people with their literal sex. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but this is just something to learn. So it's instead of being feeling like I'm feeling a lot of anxiety today and I know my person really, we haven't had sex in a while and I'm feeling the pressure. Mm -hmm. I think I'm just going to do it. But then there's pressure on top of the anxiety mm -hmm. to pressure, to perform the pressure, because I don't want my partner to feel like they're not loved and I mm -hmm. need to do this thing. And then I'm not really going to enjoy it. Well, yeah, this is a recipe for lackluster at best sex. Yeah. So it, it kind of perpetuates for some people. Yeah. That's when, super yeah. interesting. And I mean, yeah. again, not something I've ever thought about, but that would, yeah. that makes total sense. Yeah, for sure. And so there's exercises and things. And when I say exercises, I'm not talking about like, we're just going to go in the bathroom and do some rounds of breath works. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about some sexy exercises that help <laughs> you stretch, that help you um, broaden your chest, that help you breathe in ways that are, that are very sexy. It's like, 
it's like an anxiety busting sensual foreplay experience. Wow. But then you decide if you want to have sex on the other side of it. Is your mm. body in a supple, receptive place or not? And if you have a partner that understands that your body's going through this thing mm -hmm. and they can support you in it and they can release attachment to sex happening on the other side and really just want to feel connected because especially for men in this experience, yeah. they just want to touch and especially sex, but touch and intimacy in that way is how they've learned love happens. Mm -hmm. And so as long as that happens, a lot of times they're, they're happy. Mm -hmm. And they also, I'm sure in my head, I finished <laughs> that sentence with get their dick wet, but you know, that's just the kind of language we use in my office. Um, but they also, yeah, I mean, I'm sure would like some sexual gratification and release too. So sure. but you're just more likely who wants to have sex with someone who's kind of, um, who's, who's enduring. Yeah. It's just enduring the whole experience. Well, and also I think there's like that component where it's like almost anxiety pulls you out of your body. Oh yeah. Like you're, you're so in your headspace. So like, that's one of the things too, what we've, I've been chatting with my coach about is more embodiment practices, because at least for me, it manifests so much in my head that it's almost yeah. like there's points where I can be completely disconnected with where I'm at in my body. I totally and, dissociate when yeah. I'm, when I, I mean, well, there's like, oh, I'm feeling pretty, I'm feeling pretty angsty today mm -hmm. to the point of I'm in complete and total overwhelm. Mm -hmm where I don't even know what's happening anymore. Yeah. 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 I feel you. Oh my God. So, and we, those, anyone who's even listening, you know, all the types of people that have all the types of human experience. Yeah. Experiences also deserve. It is their birthright. It is your birthright. It is my birthright to feel good in my body and yeah. to feel pleasure, regardless if tomorrow I'm going to have a panic attack. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I still deserve it. It's still my birthright. My sexuality is my birthright. My pleasure is my birthright. And it's to anyone who's listening and you, Whitney, like it, it's, mm. it gets, it's the full range of the human experience. And that's then also your partner is mm -hmm. how you have the rest of the range. Yeah. So oh like my, God. My, my husband, I said it in my vows. I'm marrying you amongst many reasons. I'm marrying you because of the experience of life I get to have with you. Because I have my lenses. Mm -hmm. He has his rose-colored glasses lens. <laughs> and with him, instead of fighting with him about what reality is and yeah. where boundaries should be, I go, fuck it. I'm just, you know, I'm just going to be like you for a little while. <laughs> you know? Oh my gosh. It's just like love everyone for a whole day instead of being <laughs> like, I think you should go over there. <laughs> There's an element of that in relationships. I mean, I'm, I, there's definitely moments. Spencer looked at me this week and he's like, can you just, he's like, can you just relax and enjoy our weekend? And I was like, yeah. you know what? Yes. And I will be in your energy and I will absorb whatever feelings you are absorbing because right now that's, that's probably what's best for me. Yeah. Wow. Okay, Alexa, I'm not going to ask my last question because I want you to come back on for part two. <laughs> But for the meantime, where can everyone find you? Um, I would say the best place to find me and to find my husband, who is, I'm, I'll just use the term a hoot and a half. That feels oh very God. Southern. He's a hoot and a half. <laughs> uh, you can find him. And then of course, the rest of the team too. We have an incredible team that works with us that, you know, when my roster for clients is at capacity and we have more people applying than I can take on or that, you know, maybe we don't have group programs available for, we have a number of contractors that work with us that have been trained by us too, to deliver wow. a particular style of holistic sex and love coaching. So, and that's mm -hmm. for all types of people and all types of relationships. And the majority of us have been there, done that with whatever you could be curious about. Um, and so we have developed a, a business and a brand that is based on us sharing our personal stories so that you as the person who is interacting with maybe our Instagram posts or our podcast can hear those components to our own lives and feel yourself in that and go, that's the person that I'm supposed to work with, that I'm meant to work with, you know, versus oh, this person looks good. They're certified in this and they've trained in that. And mm -hmm. yeah, I'll work with them. I've really encouraged everyone that works with us to really share to the degree that it feels good to them. That way they are a beacon of light and hope for people. 
um, based off of what they've been through. And so that the people that are really meant to work with them can find them through that avenue. And of course we have so much educational content too. So Mm -hmm. best place to find us is Instagram. Okay. We're all there. (laughs) Um, and you can find me first and then everybody else from there is that sex chick Mm -hmm. and C-H-A-T-S-E-X-C-H-I-C-K. And, uh, we also have a podcast that's called that sex chick. And so the whole team gets involved in the podcast as well, which is a lot of fun. That is so cool. And I'm going to have you on again, because I do want (laughs) to talk about the actual practice of sex and what you guys do in like the actual form of it, the physical form, but also too, I want to hear your experience on psychedelics and how that opens up to a whole nother wavelength. Cause I've heard Mm -hmm. multiple things and I would love to just pick your brain on it. Yeah, for sure. I'd love to come back. Thank you so much for the invitation, Winnie. Oh my gosh, Alexa, thank you so much for coming on the show and um, going under the influence with us. 